0: John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast.
1: Welcome to the Christmas show. Here's John. And here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan, the festive international comedy podcast no, do you say that bit
2: yeah i do <laughs> i was, I was totally
1: carried away <laughs> <laughs> it's the the christmas spirit has uh taken over obviously
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> i'm not sure if that was your mistake or mine but well, it was yours. Just... i was
2: ready to speak and then you just jumped right in there eh, with the festive cheer <laughs> festive cheer overload
1: <laughs> I can say, and all I'm sitting here with is a cup of tea, so that's a really uh, worrying sign.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've
1: got a feeling I'm going to uh, hog this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you all set for Christmas?
2: Um, yeah, I've bought everything I need to buy, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I do, I, I'm not a grinch. I do like Christmas, I just, it's just, there's so much, because my family's just got huge now, so... It's just daunting, the amount of packaging we have to, well, presents we have to wrap and buy in. I'm always worried that I've forgotten someone and it's just going to ruin Christmas.
1: Yeah, it's the uh, the curse of the modern family, stepbrothers and sisters and all yeah. sorts going on. Uh, have you got anything uh, special for your wife?
2: Uh, yeah, well, because she's going to come and visit England, I've just bought loads of woolly jumpers, um, woolly pyjamas, well, not woolly pyjamas, but like warm pyjamas and a hot water bottle, just basically... Oh, yes, you like that. Stuff, stuff that'll just stop her from getting hypothermia and moaning about how cold she is. <laughs> Even though she likes <laughs> snowboarding and skiing, she uh, still just finds time to just moan about how cold England is.
1: Well, yeah, I can feel her pain in some <laughs> respects there. Do you think that she's going to be appreciative of the colours you've chosen?
2: Well, I've gone very bland for most of them, but then I let my daughter choose some. And so there's uh, a kind of a bright pink pajama fleece type thing, which I'm sure she's going to hate, which my daughter <laughs> loves. And then this other woolly jumper, I bought it. And at the time, I thought, oh, that's kind of nice. It's just a load of mixed colours, uh, woolly purples and blues. And and then now I've got it home, I was like, oh, it's a bit hideous. But I think I've thrown away the receipt, so... <laughs>
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that it's only a bit hideous.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, how about you for your Um, missus?
1: Yeah, I got a couple of little things. I got uh, something I'm certain, 100% certain she's going to like. It's a, I got our son to draw a picture and it's been printed onto a cup. So yeah, uh, Yeah, that's like a guaranteed winner. Uh, And a couple of other little things. Uh, Oh, and I made a, um, like a picture movie slideshow thing on my telephone uh, yeah, it only took about five minutes, but I've got a feeling it's going to get some good brownie points.
2: What? <laughs> your present for your missus is a movie on your phone.
1: Well, it's like a. That it's took like you a slideshow to do. Yeah, but don't tell her. She doesn't listen to this. Not anymore.
2: (laughs) Well, when I see her in about a week, I'll be telling her.
1: (laughs) So it's like a slideshow. You you, you choose all the photos you want and you press go and it makes a slideshow with like music in the background and kind of like interesting fade ins and outs. And then you can send it as a file to your computer and you save it to the CD or something or whatever. And you've got yourself a little... Like, year movie. It's a uh-huh. classic one. She's going to love it. I'm guar- guaranteed hit. Guaranteed hit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll take your word for it.
1: <laughs> what do you think your missus is going to give you, uh, apart from the cold shoulder?
2: I know, yeah. Well, she's just been, uh, she's just spent three weeks in Hawaii. So it's probably like Hawaiian, <laughs> Hawaiian shirts that I won't be able to wear, uh, apart from the two weeks in the middle of summer in England.
1: I think my wife, I'm not sure what she's going to get me, but. I'm hoping it's whiskey, because
2: I've said to her... You buy enough of that yourself. Yeah, I know, I know, but... You get it delivered but, to your house. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll incite w- to Sam's World there for the listeners.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're painting a bad picture of me.
2: <laughs> the whiskey guy comes to your house more than the milkman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I've, I've given enough hints that I'd like a bottle of whiskey for uh, Christmas, so... I'll uh, come back to you in the new year and let you know if she's uh, taken, <laughs> paid any attention to me whatsoever.
2: <laughs> okay, so what's on today's festive show?
1: Uh, well, it, we do have a jam-packed festive stocking. Uh, we have some live storytelling from the Perfect Liars Club in Tokyo. We have a live recorded musical Christmas song from Ruben V.M. And we have a whole lot more. But of course, first, we have this.
0: this is j and
1: s in j news ho 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 time for some news uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd live that bit <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can't tell
1: <laughs> <laughs> just trying to round the christmas theme down their throat <laughs>
2: right well uh, it is a festive story i've got and it's uh raging santa angers parents with beard ripping tantrum
1: oh this does sound tasty
2: uh this is taken from the guardian and it says organizes an event in cambridgeshire apologised after saint nick saw red during a fire alarm the story says an irate santa claus astonished children at a christmas event in saint ives cambridgeshire this week when he burst out of his grotto during a fire evacuation to shout and swear at them (laughs) while tearing off his hat and beard (laughs) (laughs) The, attend- the entertainer is understood to have told the attendees to get the fuck out after a smoke machine. A <laughs> uh, family-friendly rave in the same building as his grotto set off a fire alarm.
1: Uh, so, hang on a second. There's there's some kids meeting Santa, yep. and then in the same building, there's also a uh, rave for children.
2: Yeah. And it says that they, uh, it's a smoke machine. But I thought smoke machines worked off, uh, you know... Ca- liquid carbon dioxide. Like, I thought it was uh, frozen, not like, liquid, but... Frozen. Frozen ice. Like liquid. Dry ice. That's yeah, the way yeah. Dry for. ice.
1: We got there in the end. Dry <laughs> ice.
2: I didn't realise they set off um, fire extinguishers, but then again, if it's a rave, it might be just little scrubby kids having cigs.
1: Yeah, or they could be uh, on the uh, the older uh, weed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, they, they start young these days, don't they?
2: Yeah. Well, I said Santa saw red after the smoke alarm went off as families were hastily told to evacuate evacuate the area, Onlookers said he began to behave very strangely. He is reported to have ripped off his costume and started swearing at the crowd of about fifty children. <laughs> DJ Stuart Wilkins said Santa was raging as he encouraged the children who were already on their way out to evacuate. Uh, to be fair, I think he uh, you know, he's probably he might not have known that it was a, a false alarm, but he was screaming at dawdling kids to get out.
1: <laughs> i know i, mean, I think it, um he probably could have stayed in character would you say
2: yeah uh well no i mean he doesn't he maybe didn't want to trip over or he didn't want his you know cheap suit to get, go up in flames he might have be panicking
1: <laughs> well that's true if you've got one of those nylon beards on then your face is in danger of uh, oh. receiving a burn in a
2: fire yeah and it, you know he might be just full of padding. You know, he might not really be a big fat guy. He might just, you know, be worried about going up. Uh, but he said, <laughs> the the, uh, the DJ said, uh, I think the reason Santa was raging was because they booked a kid's rave on the same day as kids going to see Santa upstairs above the event. So the smoke was obviously going up the stairs. Um, he said he probably sat there trying to talk to kids with thumping music playing and was pissed off. The fire alarm was probably the final straw for him. Uh, one observer said the guy dressed as Santa at the corner exchange is an absolute disgrace he came charging, in, ripped his hat and beard off in front of about 50 odd kids and started shouting and swearing at people to leave um, one mother told one mother told Cambridge Alive that Santa used the most vile language ripping off his hat and beard with steam literally coming from his ears a woman who doesn't understand the word literally there unless he was well, unless he I was mean, actually unless on he fire was. <laughs> unless he was
1: <laughs> yeah. the steam literally is coming out of his ear
2: and then she says I'm not too sure why he was so cross or maybe he was cross because there was 50 odd kids stood there when a fire alarm was going on with smoke <laughs> you know maybe he didn't want to be blamed for that if 50 kids die you stupid woman <laughs> It says, well, the article says the questions remain unanswered. The woman said one of her friend's children became extremely distressed when Santa told her to get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) The the place later apologised for the incident. However, we wish to apologise for any offence or distress caused to parents and children by the attempts to ensure all visitors and staff had exited the building and were safe. The mother interviewed said she could tell he wasn't the real Santa. He was an up- imposter and he would be going on the naughty list. <laughs> Apologising for making sure their children were safe. What's the world coming to?
1: I think it's safe to say that he's not a method actor, though.
2: <laughs> oh, honestly, if, if half those kids are burnt to death, and it'd be because he'd be going, oh, ho oh, oh, ho, could you, could you leave please? Come on kids. Let's all leave.
1: <laughs> he would have but, been in trouble. <laughs> yeah.
2: People have Britain.
1: But, but you think, I, I, I can understand it, but even if he took the beard off and, and went out of character, he still didn't need to swear at the kids. He could have encouraged them slightly more politely. Oh. Let's hurry up and get out, kids. Run, run, run. Go, a go, rave. go. There's a
2: rave going on. There's a possible fire. He's come, <laughs> He's been upstairs. He's seen smoke come up the stairs. He's run downstairs, 50 people. And if he starts dressed as Santa going... Come on, let's all go outside. People are not going to pay attention to him. If he rips off his beard and starts going, get the fuck out, people instantly. You know, one of the biggest things that cause people to die in these sorts of situations is not taking the threat seriously. I am fully behind this guy. And how many of those kids really thought they would see the real Santa? Let's be honest. In today's, you know, mass media, you know, internet 24 hours a day, how many of those kids really believe in Santa? How many just going to get a real present? I don't, how hard is it? I've been, I've been to see shit Santas before, and all that happens is, is your mum and dad go, "He's not the real Santa. He just works for Santa."
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're defending this man so much, I'm starting to suspect it was you.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> To be honest, I'm surprised that Santa panicked so much. For a man who's used to going down chimneys, you would have thought he'd be used to a little bit of smoke.
2: <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was J&S in J and News. Fants on fire,
1: you're a liar, you're no
2: and now it's time for the pants on fire section of the show Uh, this episode we've got a very special uh, performance from Sam doing it live at the Perfect Liars Club uh, December edition in Tokyo in front of a live audience he's going to tell a story I've not heard this story so I'm going to listen to it myself and then I'm going to come and decide whether or not I think it's uh, true or whether he's in fact telling a lie so uh, let's listen to this live performance
1: Good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love Christmas. I love Christmas so much. And one of the reasons I love Christmas is because you never know who's going to be infected with the Christmas spirit.
2: And this is a tale
1: along those lines. It was 2004, I was living in Japan, and I decided to go home for Christmas. And when I was there, I met up with loads of friends and family, of course. And one friend I met up with, my friend Alexis, he's a university friend, he's from France. And after university, I moved to Japan, and he moved near London. Uh, this was at a time when Europeans were welcome in England. <laughs> And and we met met in central London, and because it was Christmas, we did all the Christmassy things. We went to Oxford Street and we saw the Christmas lights, and we went to Trafalgar Square and saw that big tree. And then late in the afternoon, we found ourselves in Leicester Square, where there happened to be this kind of, like, small Christmas market. And we kind of had a walk around the market. But then we decided to get on with what we were really there for. Drinking. (laughs) This guy's nodding. So... (laughs) got the drink in, we sat down, we found a little outside bar, it had those big outside heaters, and we sat down, and it was so festive, there was mulled wine and mince pies. And I'd like to tell you that I had some mulled wine, but I didn't. Because <laughs> it tastes like wine mixed with perfume. <laughs> so instead I had a couple of beers, and Lex and I caught up. And then, uh, after a while, of course, nature called, and I went off for a wee. And then when I came back, much to my surprise and to my delight, there were two girls sat with Lex at our table. Oh. Now, let me just point out, this is something that would never have happened if I had been sat at that table. <laughs> as I as I walked towards <laughs> as I walked towards the table, I heard one of the girls say to Lex, I love your accent, it's so sexy. (laughs) And it sowed a seed in my mind. And I got to the table and then Lex said, oh, this is my friend. And I don't know why, maybe it was because there was a little bit of Dutch courage. Or maybe it was because, at the time, I had the stupidity you can only have when you're 24 years old. But I went like this, bonjour. (laughs) Sam, nice to
2: meet you.
1: And the girls. Didn't bat an eyelid. I think they'd had a bit of Christmas spirit, if you know what I mean. And they didn't bat an eyelid. Lex looked at me a bit strange, but played ball. He, he was hoping for the things to go smoothly as well. <laughs> so so uh, we sat down, and we had, a, we had a drink, a couple of drinks maybe, for about 13 minutes. And the whole time I kept up my French accent. And it was brilliant. It was wonderful. But then, disappointingly, the girls decided it was time for them to move on and then one of the girls stood up and she went to get her bag which was in like those you know those boxes that the girls put their bags in on the floor and boys if you have a bag boys can have bags too you know <laughs> so she went she went to get the bag but her bag had gone and she was like adamant that she had put the bag in the box. So she went up to the, the staff and said, oh, I don't have my bag been handed in or anything like that? And it hadn't. Because it was like this kind of market was going on. There's quite a lot of police officers knocking around. So they, the bar staff went and got a couple of police officers and they came over and me and Lex are sort of standing there sort of awkward, wanting to drink more, but thinking, it's not really appropriate at the moment, it was a bit solid. <laughs> and, uh, so, <laughs> and then they start taking the details. And then after about a minute or two, one of the police officers came over to us and he goes, oh you guys were talking uh, sorry were drinking with the girls we said yeah and then he said uh, looking at me in the eyes he said well how long were you drinking together and did you see anything suspicious now (laughs) the girls were still within earshot (laughs) so I had a decision to make (laughs) did I speak to the police officer in my very very British accent (laughs) and expose myself as a fraud and a charlatan or did I use my fake, ridiculous and quite possibly racist French accent to the face of the policeman? (laughs) And I had to program that like in a split second. (laughs) And I looked at him and I went, Suppose we were drinking for about 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and no, I saw nothing suspicious. And then he just looked at me in silence. Like so, and this silence felt like it was about two minutes. It was probably 10 seconds, but I was just panicking. And then he simply said to me, Are you taking the piss? Oh, it's a good job I wasn't James Bond, because it took took ten more seconds of him staring at me before I cracked. And I leaned in, and I leaned in and I whispered in his ear the truth. I said, I said, my friend is French and I'm British. But I've just pretended to those girls for the last half an hour that I'm French. In an attempt to woo them, or whatever it is. That's why I spoke to you in French, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I leaned back. I lean back. And then he didn't say anything, but he, he gave me a look which was 50% disdain and 50% sympathy. They <laughs> <laughs> okay, finished, I think. He didn't say anything else. He didn't speak a big and then the girls finished up doing what they were doing, giving their report. And then just as they were leaving, the girls came in, we were all stood together. Then that policeman, he said to me, he looked at me, and he said, are you that guy? He said, what? He said, you two? Are you two the guys off French TV? <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, we. Oui. And he said, they said, and he turned to them and he goes, I don't know if you're British here. He said, These two, they're like the French Anton Deck. Most of you not from Britain. Anyway <laughs> Then they walked off, and I don't know whether the, the girls were planning to go, they were planning to leave. I don't know whether they stayed because they found out we were celebrities, or, or because they needed a drink after the bag had gone missing. But they stayed and they drank with us a little bit more. And we had a few drinks, and at the end of the night, well not the end of the night, but a bit later on, we walked them to the train sta- uh, the tube station, and I'd like to report that I got a Christmas kiss. <laughs> It's not illegally, but and I'd, li- I'd like to tell you that it was a r- romantic kiss underneath the mistletoe, but it wasn't. It was a it was a kiss outside Leicester Square Tube Station, stood next to a tramp.
0: <laughs>
1: but I love that. I love that. That that night was so good. Me and Lex talk about it so often. It's a really f- great memory for me. And. Would never have happened if it wasn't for the unexpected Christmas spirit of that police officer. (laughs) Thank you very much. So, John, what do you think?
2: Um, After seeing the, after listening to the audio and knowing your mannerisms and the way that you talk, I think it is a lie. I think it's bullshit. You caught me. Oh, right. And how did the audience do? Did they catch you?
1: No, no, I was the perfect liar. So from the four, there were four storytellers and two uh, two of the other storytellers were more highly uh, suspected than I was. So, yeah, I was deemed to be the perfect liar.
2: Fantastic work. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)
0: Ho, Santa here! I just wanted to get a message out to all the mums and dads out there. I've noticed that the treats that you have been leaving out for me over recent years have been getting worse. Traditionally, people would leave out milk and cookies. But these days, I'm not even getting that. Last year, one bitch left me a satsuma and a glass of vegetable juice. Do I look like the kind of person who drinks vegetable juice, for fuck's sake? So let me just clarify what's acceptable. Firstly, the reindeer don't need your manky old carrots. And I don't like the implication that you're making by leaving food out for them. You think I don't take care of my animals? Next, the things you leave out for me. Soft drinks are not my thing. I'm a morbidly obese man with a red nose. Read between the lines. 52 proof or I'm off in a poof, if you catch my Tokyo drift. But don't be leaving out that mold wine crap. It's bad hot and it's horrendous cold. Now food. Obviously, I'm not that picky. But let's make it sweet. But a quick note for the Japanese. No sweet bean paste. No one likes that driest shit. Not even you. Follow these simple instructions and Santa may well leave you a lovely little present fail to do so, and I'll get Rudolph to take a hot dump down your rain pipe. And Merry Christmas! Yo Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two took a shit over a cup of tea, probably. A spot of milk and a crumpet, please? But there's something else cooking in the kitchen. Could someone answer the burning question?
2: Okay, and now it's time for this episode's uh, burning question, which was a festive burning question. And it was, what's your worst ever Christmas moment? Uh, Did anybody get in touch?
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, we had a few people getting in touch. Uh, On Facebook, Max Kevin got uh, in touch with us. And he says, in 2006, I was studying abroad in Berlin. Being from California, I only brought light jackets and was unprepared for the cold German winter. All of my friends and roommates were from around Europe. So they returned home for the holidays, leaving me alone in a six-bedroom apartment. This was before Skype, so communication with my family could only be done at long-distance call centres, which were about 40 minutes away. And due to the heavy snow and no jacket, I was reluctant to go outside to make a landline phone call that may not have even been answered. I ate the last of my food on the 25th, and on the morning of the 26th, I decided I needed to venture to the supermarket despite the snowstorm. Upon arriving, I found the market was closed.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> in Germany, Christmas is actually a three-day holiday. Uh, the 24th, Christmas Eve, the 25th, Christmas Day, and the 26th in <clears throat> in Germany, known uh, very efficiently as Day 2 Christmas. <laughs> 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 uh, Boxing Day in Britain, of course. Uh, He says, I went back to my apartment and searched through the cabinets for anything with calories. I've been there. Um, I found a bottle of wine and a packet of instant rice. With no wine opener, I used a knife to cut a hole in the cork, which allowed some of the wine to pass through into my mouth. And so, <laughs> and you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> he says, and so for the rest of the day, I drank wine alone, huddled under a blanket, watching German dubbed reruns of The Simpsons on a 15 inch TV. <laughs> that is a pretty bad Christmas moment.
2: <laughs> it is, yeah.
1: Um, Anyone get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, we had a a, 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 tw- well, a di- direct message on Twitter from uh, Katie. Uh, I, I think ah. she's Katie in the UK. Um, she said she once um, met her boyfriend on Christmas Day where he ended it with her without buying her oh, any presents. No, oh, no! That's so mean! Because he decided he'd met someone at his office Christmas party and he'd always fancied this woman... Uh so yeah, oh, no. it gets it gets worse. So she went back to her own apartment, opened the, opened the door, and she found that her cat had hung itself by accident. <laughs> oh my god! She'd left the kitchen window open, and the cat had tried to climb out the kitchen window and got the uh, collar the c- caught round the door handle, uh, the the kitchen window handle. That is quite shocking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that is a very, very bad Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Katie, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah. How about for uh, you?
1: Well, for me, I've never had like a particularly bad Christmas experience, like with friends and family. But in Japan, Christmas Day is kind of celebrated, but it's like any other day. It's still uh, work day. So many times on Christmas Day I've worked. And I remember one particular year, I was teaching this uh, lots of kids. There's a kind of a kid's school there was loads of kids there. Uh, and on Christmas Day, in the same class, one kid vomited and another kid peed on the floor. <laughs> so, yes. So tidying, t- so cleaning up that mess. Uh, yeah, that was, on Christmas Day, that was a pretty bad uh, Christmas moment. <laughs> How about you?
2: Uh, I've got quite a lot, actually. Of sliding scale. Doesn't,
1: doesn't surprise me.
2: Uh, similar to Kevin's, uh, I was in Australia... And it was Christmas Day, and uh, nobody told us that they don't sell alcohol on Christmas Day. So we went down to Bondi oh! Beach, yeah, and um, we ended up walking to Chinatown in Sydney. And the only thing that a Chinese restaurant would sell is a bottle of wine for seventy-five dollars. So we ended up getting straws from McDonald's and drinking red wine through a straw. <laughs> um just to feel some sort of festive thing. That was pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh working teaching in English in Japan, uh, it was just a normal work day. Uh, two years in a row on Christmas Day, my first lesson was with this same boring salary man who'd intentionally booked a man to man lesson with me just because he wanted to talk to me about Christmas. And the first <laughs> the first year was depressive, but the second year uh was just it was the same guy and it was literally The first year he bought his kid, uh, he had three children, he bought one a jigsaw, one a single table tennis racket, Uh, then the other one I can't remember what it was, and then the next year he bought his kid another table tennis racket, and I remember sat there hungover thinking, I hate my life.
1: (laughs) Well, the kid got the pair in the end.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, every year Christmas in England, going to church with a massive hangover, one year I actually had to leave and vomited outside the church, that was quite depressing. Um, ruined Christmas and then I suppose at the very ultimate end of it was uh, Christmas, I don't know, two must be three years ago I guess yeah maybe three years ago Um, I was in England because I'd brought my daughter back to the UK, my wife was working and um, I woke up at Christmas morning to that was quite awful and I had to (laughs) now. Okay, now, time for some musical comedy from our longtime collaborator, Ruben VM, with a very festive Christmas song. It's Christmas time, so I wrote a bit of a, a Christmas charity song. <laughs> Even though it's Christmas time, millions of people had no reason to smile, living their lives with no future. Illiterate,
0: malnutritioned, and poor Pray for America <laughs>
1: VM there I love that one uh, as always uh, just right so that bada, bap, bap, <laughs> That just leaves it for me to say uh, thanks to everyone who's been involved in the show, uh, especially to the wonderful storyteller at the Perfect Liars Club. Um, Also, thanks to Christiane Brew, the organiser of the Perfect Liars Club, for uh, letting us have the audio for that one. If you want to find out more about their stuff, you can go to Um, perfectliarsclub.com. There's information there about the Perfect Liars Club all around the world. Uh, Also, of course, once again, thanks to Ruben VM for supplying the song, and thanks to matt perkins for his involvement in the show
2: uh, okay so uh, well next episode's burning question i think because it'll be around about what's your most pointless new year's resolution you've made and stuck to <laughs> um, yes give us five stars and tell all your friends and family and your enemies and if you have any burning questions or you want to submit your own comedy or your own news stories please get in touch john and Sam in anything else
1: uh no i think that's all
2: okay Catch Catch you later. later.
0: John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast.